Hallelujah. Amen. And you, you can go ahead and take your seats. I'm going to read a passage of scripture that is uh, very, very dear to me. This story is very dear to me. It's found in 2 Samuel. Now, I've been sharing where, you know, I'd like to read from, but uh, I finally decided to read from chapter 17, verses 6 and 7. So uh, they had a, a different uh, scripture. And, and if you get the CD, you might have the old scripture. I'm not sure. You might have the old scripture on there. But, but 2 Samuel, chapter 17, verses 6 and 7. And this is what it says. It says, when Hushai came to him, Absalom said, Ahithophel has given this advice. Should we do what he says? If not, give us your opinion. Hushai replied to Absalom, The advice Ahithophel has given is not good this time. Father God, I pray this morning that as we read your word, I pray, Father, for a transformation to happen in our lives, that you would show us what it is you're, you're intending to show us about human nature. Show us, my God, ourselves. Let your word be the mirror this morning, that we see ourselves, that we hear your voice and what you're saying about me and about us, so that we can grow and mature and become the men and women that you've called us to be. We thank you for your word this morning. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, there was a battle in Israel at this particular time. It was a civil war, a civil war, a, a war between Israel and Israel. Members of the same nation, the same family, fighting against each other. That happens sometimes. Uh, civil wars uh, in nations, civil wars in households. Hello. Uh, it happens. So Absalom was the son of King David. And he decided at one point, I am going to take over my father's kingdom. I'm going to take over. I'm going to fight my father. He, he uh, won support by just hanging out at the city gate, talking to people. And, and people would come to him with their complaints and say, hey, Absalom, you know what, man, I've been dealing with this issue. And, and for whatever reason, the king is never available. I, I can't get a hold of the king. And and so I'm, I'm going to come to you and, he, yeah, you know what, man, I don't know what it is about my father. He's never there for you guys. And he'd give them his advice. And he would talk in subtle ways, in, in, you know, behind closed doors about the king. And he won support of the army and, and a lot of leading people in the kingdom by downing King David, by putting himself and, and, and pumping himself up in the eyes of people. He was a rebellious son, and he grew up with this intent to ruin his father. His goal was to take over the kingdom by force and to make himself the king. So he ended up killing anyone who could, he could find that was associated with the king. Once he got his, his rebellion underway, he, his goal, I'm going to take the kingdom by force, and anyone that was left in the kingdom that had not fled, he would kill. Those that loved King David, they went into hiding. Those that really uh, loved him and, and, and could not see themselves under Absalom, they went into hiding, they took off. But Ahithophel, this guy named Ahithophel, strange name, but a guy named Ahithophel stayed behind. In fact, he couldn't leave. He was a very valuable guy, a, a guy that was uh, useful uh, not only to King David, 
but was useful, would be useful to, to Absalom uh, if Absalom could get his hands on him. He had been an advisor for David for years. And his advice was so accurate, was, was so accurate, superior to any of the other advisors. He was such a good guy at what he did that he gave David the success that David had. All of his success in battles, all of his success in major decisions, it was because he would ask this guy's advice, and this guy was always right on point. In fact, the Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 16, verse 23, that in those days, the advice of Ahithophel gave was like that of one who inquires of God. That whenever you would ask him a question, it was like hearing from God himself. This guy was so in tune, so right on the money with the things that he saw and the things that he, he felt, the things that he interpreted going on in the kingdom, that it was like hearing from God himself. Imagine having a guy like that around. He was good for, J for King David. King David was successful because he surrounded himself with guys like this. That sometimes it's not about the king. It's not about the person in charge. It's not about the primary leader. Sometimes success becomes because you surround yourself with good people that care about the, 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 the nation, that care about the community. Having this guy around was a blessing. Whatever advice he gave was like hearing from God directly. He was never wrong. Always reliable, accurate, trustworthy. Man, you, you, you want to take a guy like that with you. And if David wasn't in such a, a hurry to run out of the kingdom, I'm sure he would have taken this guy with him. Right? He served well. Right? But he was captured. He was taken by Absalom, the rebellious son. And... In David's mind, he's probably thinking, oh, my goodness, man, he's got my secret weapon, right? He's with Absalom. He's good at what he does. And all Absalom has to do is to get him to give some, some, success, uh, some, uh, some advice about uh, how, to, how to gain success in this battle, and, and I'm done, right? He, he was the whole reason why King David was successful. And in 2 uh, Samuel 16, verse 20, which is where I was really originally going to read from, but it says there, it says, Absalom said to Ahithophel, give us your advice, what should we do? So not only had he captured him and held him and had him pledge his loyalty to Absalom against David, he says, okay, now, what is your advice? How can we totally destroy your father? How can we take over the kingdom? How can we kill my father? so that I am established as king. Now, of course, like I said, King David was gone. And he feared that he was up against the entire army of Israel, against his son, Absalom, but more than that, against Ahithophel. Because he knew that if they follow his advice, man, that's the end of me and my men. So in 2 Samuel chapter 15, verse 30. And I'm going to read that to you. It's an involved story, but just follow me. It says, but David continued uh, up the Mount of Olives, weeping as he went. His head was covered and he was barefoot. All the people with him covered their heads too 
and were weeping as they went up. Now David had been told Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. So David prayed, Lord, turn Ahithophel's counsel into foolishness. Even if it's just this one time, turn his counsel into foolishness. When David arrived at the summit where people used to worship God, Hushai, the archite, was there to meet him. His robe torn and dust on his head. David said to him, if you go with me, you'll be a burden to me. But if you return to the city and say to Absalom, your majesty, I will be your servant. I was your father's servant in the past, but now I will be your servant. Then you can help me by frustrating Ahithophel's advice. So he's taking this guy, Hushai. I'm going to send you back. If you come with us, you know, what good can you do us? If Ahithophel is there, he's going to give them the advice on how to find us, how to attack us, how to destroy us, and it's over. It's, it's a done deal. But if you go back, I've prayed, if you go back and, and do what you can, say what you can to frustrate the plans of Ahithophel, man, that you would be of value to us. So he prayed, and he sent Hushai back. And his only mission was not to kill Absalom, not to kill Ahithophel, just frustrate his plans. Throw a monkey wrench in the plans. Say something or, or do something that would render his, his advice ineffective. Because if the king listens to his advice, man, we're done. It, it's over. And because David prayed, the Bible says that God put in Absalom's heart to ask a second opinion. Now, this is a heavy story, and you've got to read the whole story, chapters 16 and 17. God put it in his heart to ask a second opinion. I'm sure Absalom was there on many occasions to hear Ahithophel share his advice to King David. He had been around when they were up against dire times, uh, difficult times, and important decisions had to be made, and Ahithophel would say, hey, have you thought about this? How about we do, and bam, it was like a word from the Lord. His advice was that good. And so for Absalom now to say, wait a minute, let's get a second advice, uh, uh, opinion. Let's get some, another perspective. That was a miracle. That was because David had prayed. Because he had prayed, he's asking now for a second. So he turns to Hushai. Hushai shows up and he turns to Hushai, the man David sent as a spy. And Absalom said, Ahithophel has given us this advice. Should we do what he says? If not, give us your opinion. And in an unprecedented move, Hushai says to Absalom, the advice that Ahithophel has given you this time is not good. Everybody's like, ooh, it's not good. Somehow God moved on the hearts of Absalom and all of his men to agree with Husha. And Absalom, you know, I'm sure he knew that, man, this guy, uh, Ahithophel is never wrong, but man, somehow I feel that you're right. Husha, you're right. This time, this time, his advice is not good. And Ahithophel's probably thinking, man, tripping out, the, the, you know, my advice, I know what I'm talking about, man. I, I, I know what I'm talking about. You, you got to take my advice. But he, he remained silent. And in 2 Samuel 17, 14, it says, Absalom and all the men of Israel said, the advice of Hushai, the archite, is better than that of Ahithophel. 
Then the Bible tells us why. For the Lord had determined to frustrate the good advice of Ahithophel in order to bring disaster on Absalom. Never before in Ahithophel's life had he experienced rejection. Never, never before had he experienced this. Never before had his advice been denied. Not once. He was always the go-to guy. Always first and the only man the king would call upon in a crisis. Aside from praying himself, David would pray to God himself. Aside from his prayer, he would turn to Ahithophel for his advice. So this was a huge shock to Ahithophel's ego. It was so devastating, so unsettling that he couldn't even deal with it. And the Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 17, verse 23, and I'll, I'll read it to you. It says, when Ahithophel saw that his advice had not been followed, he saddled his donkey and set out for his house in his hometown. He put his house in order and then hanged himself. So he died and was buried in his father's tomb. Now, we've been talking about maturity this month. Maturity, growing in maturity. And we've learned early on that immaturity can occur at any age. You can be old and immature, right? And there are many ways of, of being mature. And so, so immaturity can happen at any time at various ages and we even see at times young kids that are mature beyond their their years you know that even a high-ranking official like Ahithophel can be immature a, a man who's who, who's credited with countless victories a man who's credited with having predictions that seem like they wouldn't work but you live them out, you follow his, his plan, you follow his design, his counsel, man, and it's like you've heard from God. Maybe he was that much of a prayer warrior. Maybe he was just that wise. Whatever it may have been, man, he had countless victories. His predictions weren't right some of the time. He was right all the time, always right. A man who developed a reputation for insight, for accuracy, a man who had developed a reputation as the go-to guy in crisis, whose words were like the very words of God. This is amazing. A man that people needed. We need you right now. And all of a sudden, when he wasn't needed, when he wasn't needed just one time, we're going to listen to this guy this one time. We're going to listen to somebody else this one time. We're going to take the advice of this person or have this person do this or, 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 have, or use another person one time. That's all it took, man. It was over. Saddle up his donkey. Let me put my home in order and hang myself. It was such a shock to his sense of pride, to his ego, that he saw no point in continuing with his calling as an advisor. No point in remaining in the fellowship of believers. No point in living. No point in living. So he saddled up his donkey, put his house in order, and hung himself. And I wonder if this still happens today. I wonder if it still happens, if people are so consumed with pride and ego that if we go with another 
person's advice, another person's ministry, someone else's, uh, you know, you know, time and, and, and efforts and energy and, and contributions. If we get so consumed that we, that we end it all, not physically, physical, God forbid, physical, but just as the same, just, you know, spiritual suicide. I, I'm going to end it. I, I, I don't, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. I'm not going to, they ask me, even if they ask me, even if they need me, I'm not going to help anymore. There are people who live so close to the edge. This happens. They do the same thing Ahithophel did. You know, it, it happens. So they're, they're so deep in their own ego and sense of self that if you decide to go with Hushai's advice, all of a sudden, man, I, I don't want to help anymore. Just one time. Just, just this once. We're, we're going to go with this person just this once. Then it's all over. Don't, don't call on me anymore. All of a sudden, you're, you know, they're... You, call them and they hang up on you <laughs> Debbie I love you <laughs> right I'm done here I'll never help again don't ask, don't ask for dinner don't ask for nothing you know <laughs> I tried to imagine what it was like as they reconvened as uh, 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 Absalom and, and the generals of the army and the leaders of Israel, they got together and said, okay, let's get together. We're going to talk about this plan, Hushai. All right, we, we, we're going to go with your plan. And, and you can read about the details of Absalom's plan and the details of Hushai's plan. And I mean, they were brutal, brutal plans. But we're going to get together. Let's, let's hash it out. Let's work out Hushai's plan. And, and Absalom may have even asked, hey, where's Ahithophel at? Where's Ahithophel, man? Where's he at? Maybe he can help us think through Hushai's plan, but he wasn't there. He won't show up to contribute to Hushai's plan. He won't assist in Hushai's plan. He'll only help if it's his plan. He'll only help if it's his idea. Absalom may have been asked, hey, where's, where's Ahithophel? He, he may have asked that question. Where's Ahithophel? I, I, I don't know, but I saw him riding his donkey. It looked like he was going home. What did he say? Well, he said he wasn't coming back. He said, no, you know, something about, you know, those people don't ever listen. Something about, you know, I'm not going back. I, I've tried, but they don't need me. They don't want me. They don't know what they're losing. Hello, right? Forget them, their mama, and all kinds of stuff he may have said. I don't want to be there anyway. I tried to help, but they don't want my help. Have you heard that before? I know I have. I have. There are a lot of people just like Ahithophel, good at what they do, good. In fact, really, there's nobody better. There's nobody better. But when you give someone else a spot, the opportunity, it's like Ahithophel crumbles. He crumbles. He is so caught up in his own ego that he can't share. Valuable an asset to the ministry, an asset to the kingdom, an asset to their friends and their family, people who become so accustomed to being called upon as the one uh, that is needed, the one that is useful, that the one time that they're not needed, it's all over. It's all over. Maturity can be defined in, in a lot of different ways, like being responsible. We talked about that. 
being flexible, you know. A grown-up is flexible. There's, there's more than one way. Being considerate, not taking everything personally, getting easily offended, you know, that, you know, a, a mature person isn't easily offended or feeling the need to defend or prove or make excuses for themselves. You, you've grown up. You don't have to even make excuses. You don't have to explain everything. You just, hey, we're, we're going to, okay, amen, let's go. That there is so much more in you. There's so much more about you. There is so much more that you have to contribute. There is so much more that gives you value that your words, I don't even have to try to explain this or that or, or, or make excuses. Man, I know who I am. You know who you are. So you, you just roll with the punches. Praise God. Let's, let's give Hushai a chance. Maybe in Hushai's uh, version of, of accounts, maybe he'll get a breakthrough. Maybe he'll hear that, wait, wait a minute. Maybe I shouldn't even be here with Absalom right now. Maybe I shouldn't even be here uh, giving him advice. Maybe my original calling to be with David, maybe I should be with David. What am I doing here anyway? Had he only listened and had room to share the spotlight. Not taking everything so personally. Ahithophel had no internal approval. There was nothing on the inside of him to say, you know, you're good enough. You know what you're talking about. It doesn't matter if he listens to somebody else. He was too dependent on whether people needed him or not. If they, if they don't need me, man, then why am I here? Right? Ahithophel had no internal approval. And the very moment the king chose to go with someone else's advice, man, People like Ahithophel fall apart. Not used to being on the bench, second string, whatever you might want to call it. Easily offended, fragile on the inside. He relied too much on whether or not his advice is chosen. Sometimes things won't go my way or your way. Sometimes we have to roll with the punches, as they say, right? You have to man up or woman up, whatever it is for you, amen? Man up or woman up. Right? Face life. An emotionally mature person is always adding value to himself or herself and those around them. They realize how much we don't know. That sometimes other people have tremendous perspective, giftedness. We realize that we have to be flexible and open as opposed to being unreasonable. We realize that we have to listen more and talk less. We realize that we have to be encouraging and supportive of others and, that, that, and, and to be considerate of others as opposed to being self-absorbed and, and self-centered and inconsiderate. We realize that we don't take things personally where we're so easily offended or feeling the need to defend or prove uh, to other people to make excuses for ourselves that we argue, that we argue to try and get our point across. A mature person is grateful and gracious for the opportunity to serve rather than complaining and then make space for others to serve. Maturity means that we're calm and peaceful and, and not desperate and frantic and irrational where we're just kind of making things up as we go, but, but gracious and, and, and looking for an opportunity just to be peaceable with those around us. Maturity means that we don't refer to finding uh, our, our 
importance in the spotlight, but to be able to share that space with other people, to see other people succeed. So let me give you just a couple of suggestions so that we are not like Ahithophel. Ahithophel was good, man. I would say, man, if, if I don't know how this guy got to be the way he was, because the Bible doesn't tell us much about his life, but the Bible does tell us in other places that we can hear from God. In fact, even in the New Testament, that we can have the mind of Christ if we yield ourselves to him, that God would give us the mind of Christ to think as Christ would in a certain situation. So that that phrase, what would Jesus do, becomes a reality. And we would hear that still small voice inside of, of, of us going this way, not that way. Go this way. Walk in this way. Do this. Make this. Don't make that decision. You know you're wrong. Repent. Ask for forgiveness. Whatever it may be, to hear that voice and follow it. So let me give you just a couple of suggestions. Number one, seek God's will. That is the beginning place, and that's exactly what David did. When David realized that Ahithophel was with Absalom, when he realized that the man whose advice is never wrong is in the hands of the enemy, he went to God. He prayed. He says, God, I need your help. I need your help. It looks like it's all over for me. And when you look at the surface of things, it was all over for David. And there are times when we find ourselves in a circumstance where it looks like it's all over. How can I get out of this? I, I, I can't, you know, pay my way out of my circumstances. I can't work my way. I can't, you know, and, and it looks and feels as though we are stuck. That the you know, the, 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 our fate is, it's inevitable. We're, whatever we're facing, there's a mountain that we cannot climb. Seek the will of God. Perhaps it is God's will for you to be there. And perhaps that moment, that threat, whatever it may be, is just a temporary thing to search our own hearts, to see where we are at a time of crisis. It was David who says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there be anything wicked in me and lead me into your ways everlasting. Seek the will of God. And that's exactly what he did. And God gave him a plan. Send Hushai, man. I'll take it from here. Just send Hushai. Number two, don't take things personal. One thing in ministry, we gotta, man, we, we cannot take things personal. We have to thicken our skin. We have to realize that it's not about us, that the devil is after Christ. The devil does not like Jesus. Jesus destroyed the devil's kingdom, and the Bible says because of that, he has gone off to make war against you because he's mad at him. And then when, when he makes war against us and he creates circumstances in our lives, we end up looking at each other, blaming each other. Uh, looking at what this one said and what that one said and what this one did and what that one did and get all uptight and, and upset and, and, and we begin to fight on the inside. The Bible says it very plainly in Revelation chapter 12 that when he was thrown out of heaven, he was so enraged, Satan, so enraged that he could not defeat Christ. He could not even defeat the angels of Christ. Satan could not even defeat the angels of Christ. He got beat down and thrown out of heaven. And when he was thrown down out of heaven, he was so enraged, the Bible says, that he went off to make war with the rest of the offspring. Those 
who follow the word of God. That's you. He's making war with you. We're not fighting each other. We're not, our, our problem, our issues aren't with each other. It's with him. So don't take things personal when it seems as though it's going against you and things are happening. That's not it. And thirdly and lastly, to be humble. There's no better advice than humility because what does God do with the humble? Yeah, he exalts them. He raises them up to be humble. To, to, when that opportunity you have to speak in your defense and to, let me set things right, and, and you want to argue your point, just relax. Let God fight your battles. It's like Jesus when he was on trial before a Pilate, and Pilate is drilling him and asking him questions, or the high priest drilling him and asking him questions. And they were like, man, don't you know that we have the power to crucify? We have the power to, to kill you. Don't you know who I am? And Jesus just sat there. You wouldn't have any power if it wasn't given to you from heaven. I, I don't have to defend anything. And he was silent. He was silent. And that shocked them. That, it, it upset them, but it shocked them. How can this guy be so confident? Where is his confidence? It's in God. His confidence was in God. And they took him to the cross. And they hurt him. They did all those things to him. But guess who is glorified and seated on the throne this morning? It's Jesus. Amen. It's Jesus. He overcame the worst that was thrown at him. He overcame. And in his humility, in his humility, he declared his confidence in God. So be humble. Right? Seek God's will. Don't take things personal and simply be humble. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. I'd like to pray for you this morning. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you for your word this morning. The word, Lord God, that is intended to show me what I'm like. This is, this is what I'm like. And perhaps what some of us are like. Definitely what, what I'm like. So I thank you, Lord, that you're dealing with me publicly like this, revealing my insecurities. And Lord God, I want to hear your voice. And I pray if there's anyone else, Lord God, that this story reflects that we would hear your advice to us, your word to us. That we would settle in our hearts Christ as Lord. That we would not be so consumed with who we are and what we are. That there's no space for others. Lord, I pray, Father God, for peace in our hearts, peace in our minds a sense of unity, commitment to your cause, that we understand, Lord, that you've called us to something huge, something bigger than we are. And as we participate in your big work, that we don't become personally hurt when things don't go our own way. Lord, I thank you for your, your faithfulness, your goodness. I pray your blessing upon us. I pray for those, my God, that want to make a decision this morning to follow you. 
that feel the tugging on their hearts to surrender to you. That you, my God, would, would speak, my God, words from within. Not, not my words, but words from within their heart, Lord God, to let them know that you know them and you love them. And that today is a day of salvation. I pray, Father God, that you would send angels right now to fight for them. The best of Satan's army is not good enough to defeat the angels. And right now, that you would surround them by angels. That you would speak kind words. Words of grace and favor. That you would lift the burden as they surrender their hearts to you. I pray, Father God, for a change of direction, for salvation. I, I pray, Father, for the, a commitment to leave the past behind and go in a new direction. I pray, Father God, that you would make men and women like a fountain of refreshing water. The words they speak, their, their very presence refreshes those around them. That there's something about us, my God, the wisdom we carry, the the. the the force of our life and testimony become uh, uh, something that is just refreshing, bubbling out of us like a stream that it feeds, that it refreshes. I pray, Father God, for your, your blessing, your peace. I pray for salvation. I pray for healing this morning. Oh, it's your desire that you would have your way, my God. We ask all of this in Jesus' name, for it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. This morning, if God has spoken to you, whether it be for salvation, whether it be for just to be a man or a woman whose confidence is no longer on talent or giftedness, as gifted and as talented as you are, as, as wonderful as we are, just as we are, but our confidence is in God and what he has done in our lives, that we can trust God to work out our situations, that even if our, 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 we keep silent in the, in the time that, that when it seems right to defend ourselves, that God would speak for us, that God would work things out for us, that God would take the lead, that God would move in our lives, that we can sit back, that we can allow Hushai, that we can allow others to take the spotlight and know and be confident that God has our back. I pray, Father God, for your people this morning. I pray for confidence in you. I pray, Father God, for people who are self-assured, my God, confidence that draw not from what others think, but from who they are in Christ this morning. Your anointing, your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah.